Hi, I'm Mandy Livingston from Your Home Radio on 98 One The Lake. Attention all ladies, listen up. Are you feeling tired, loss of energy, weight gain, or low sex drive? Then your hormone levels might be low. I've got the solution for you. Optimize You Chattanooga is a hormone optimization center that specializes in hormone replacement therapy. They changed my life and they can change yours. Find them online at optimizeyouchattanooga.com. Welcome to Optimized Health. This is a podcast about empowering you to live a life of optimal health. Here are your hosts, Josh Porter, owner of Optimize You Chattanooga, and Mandy Livingston, general manager of Optimize You Chattanooga. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Uh, I am Josh Porter, your host, along with Mandy Livingston. Your other host. Your other host. <laughs> Thanks for uh, checking out Optimized Health, and uh, we are uh, super pumped to uh, just kind of focus in on some really quick topics over the, the course of the next uh, few discussions. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the difference between oral estradiol and transdermal estradiol, uh, and so this is in particular with women, but this is a hot topic, and mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, a he- it's a very popular discussion that we have with our clients. You see very different opinions on social media uh you see you know different standards or recommendations from different societies and guidelines so um so i'm excited to to discuss this yeah this is definitely a hot topic there's a there's layers to this that yeah (laughs) that create such a such a star there is um and there's again you've got to remember that most of the information that we come from the base or the foundation is almost always looking at a different form mm-hmm. of estrogen uh, than it's not your traditional bioidentical that we typically use now, which is what we're going to spend most of the time uh, discussing. But a lot of the literature that was concerning, you know, potential harm was always was looking at conjugated equine estrogen or primer, which is a horse urine that has at least 10 different estrogens uh, in it um, that you don't make. All I'm going to say as a female and as a patient is do not tell me ever that my medicines came from horse urine from just, a pregnant yeah horse just keep that part <laughs> yeah, to yourself yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, nah i yeah. don't want that one <laughs> pregnant mare's urine is what that stands for oh well that just makes FYI. perfect sense yeah, actually pretty interesting yeah right? uh-huh and uh, don't go chasing them in a field it's not gonna be the same thing no no i'm not after it <laughs> not gonna be the same um, thing. but you know so so some of that data um, has led us to, you know, this this controversial issue of like, should I use transdermal? Let me kind of def- define what does transdermal mean. Yeah. Um, because not everybody knows that transdermal means that you're using it in a route other than oral, um, like by taking a capsule. So transdermal is going to be something, you know, pellets would be a transdermal uh, use, a cream would be a transdermal use, a gel um, would be a transdermal use, a patch is a very common mm-hmm. form of transdermal for women. Um, vaginal suppositories that would be a transdermal uh, would use the birth control patch considering that's like would that be considered that would be transdermal yeah that would not be considered it's not the estrogen that it's we're not talking estrogen about. based <clears throat> but that well, it's a it's a form it's a synthetic form of a low estrogen but is um, that like the same concept as what mm-hmm. it would be for the yeah. Estrogen. I, um, yes, there are now. Well, yes and no. I mean, we're talking about more hormone replacement. So as far as what it looked like is yeah, what I mean. Some, some women will choose 
uh, patches for birth control because of less risk of blood clots, things mm-hmm. like that, that have been seen in the liter- literature. So we're kind of talking a little bit different here because we're moving away from birth control and this would be more of I'm in menopause. I don't make any sure. estrogen. What do I do? Um, so a little bit different. I, I, I'm struggling with, with vasomotor symptoms. I've got hot flashes, night sweats. You know, what should I take? Mm-hmm. So when it comes to preventative uh, measures, uh, you know, think of like cardiovascular disease, bone health, brain health. Um, we'll talk about that. And then symptom relief. So that would be your, you know, your brain fog, your uh, hot flashes, night sweats, vaginal dryness, vaginal, urogenital atrophy, mm-hmm. um, adiposity. So you, you get kind of a distribution of, of belly fat. Um, in general, symptom wise, um, you know, most women can get benefit from either, okay. to be honest with you. So, now it's a little harder sometimes to get the levels where you need them to be on a transdermal, but but truth be told, I mean I think a lot of women can get the benefits. Where I tend to have a different opinion is preventative health. So that goes back to the cardiovascular, the 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 you know decreasing our risk of you know cardiovascular events, decrease decreasing our lipid profile, so improving our lipid profile or cholesterol, um, improving bone health and improving uh, brain health. And again, most literature would suggest that both brain and bone, so prevention of osteoporosis as well as diminishing uh, dementia risk, are seen in both. Okay. So you got to give credit where credit's due. So, you know, there are certain, you know, patients where I may choose a transdermal for reasons we'll talk about. And I will tell them, you know what, depending on the timing of your, when we started these hormones, um, you should still see the benefits for bone health or brain health. When it comes to cardiovascular or in particular cholesterol profiles, that's where I tend to utilize oral mm-hmm. more than I do transdermal because okay. the literature just has never shown that transdermal estradiol has been overly beneficial to improve lipid, lipid profiles. Interesting. Whereas oral has. That's interesting. So I think of it like this. <clears throat> cholesterol closely associated with cardiovascular events, right? So as, as we're trying to diminish cardiovascular events, two-thirds, I'm sorry, one-third of us will die from some type of cardiovascular events, sure. right? I mean, you know, we're likely to die, more likely to die from cardiovascular events than all forms of cancer by a long shot. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a big deal. So I feel we should try to maximize that benefit if women can tolerate an oral uh, form. The women that I choose not to use oral would be somebody a they just don't tolerate it what Um, would mean not tolerating it um sometimes women will uh just be sensitive to oral medicines in general Mm -hmm. so like upset their stomach or something yeah or you know they may it may irritate like i've had one with itchy tongue disease where like she literally can't take a pill of of a hormone because it causes her tongue to feel that's interesting um you'll see that in progesterone sometimes too it's really bizarre but i've actually had two cases of that huh um, but in uh, other women would be things like if I've got a female, let's say she's 64 years old mm-hmm. and she's coming to me because she's it, still having hot flashes. You know, she went through menopause 10 years ago, but she's like, man, I am still struggling with some of these symptoms. So she's symptomatic with hot flashes, night sweats, brain fog, um, vaginal dryness that's incredibly severe. And so she would she would probably be because she's been off hormones or without hormones, I should say for over 10 years, I would venture to start her 
on a transdermal form. Okay. Now I may have I may shift her to an oral, um, but when you this is not necessarily seen in the in the the bioidentical form of estradiol, but in the oral form of primarin. So mm-hmm. that's going back to synthetics. There was a slight increased risk in cardiovascular events in women who were beyond ten years from menopause who started on oral estrogen within the first six months of treatment right so sometimes i'll just play it safe and just say you know what uh you haven't had any of this in your system for 10 years let's introduce it you know kind of gradually um the other things uh, oftentimes if the female's been out of or you know without hormones for several years when you introduce especially oral because those levels are going to be a little higher uh, they will have symptoms. So if they still have a uterus, that may cause them to have a little bit of spotting or vaginal bleeding. And they're like, wait they, a minute. They're not here for it. Uh-uh. Yeah, they're like, that's the one thing about menopause. That's that the I only party mm-hmm. I had over menopause. Um, so th- so they, they don't like that one. So I, I usually avoid that. And then breast tenderness. Mm. They, they kind of feel like, or even uh, cramping. They'll feel like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm Here about to start a, a period. period you know? again. Uh-huh. So, uh, so you can kind of offset that again on the front end by giving them a little bit of a cream instead. Okay. Um, but they, yeah. it, but in general, majority of patients in that window of time when they qualify for oral, I would probably prefer oral over transdermal for the preventative measures, not so much the symptom reliefs. Okay. Um, what about those who have a trouble and you may, this may still go along the same lines, but who have trouble breaking down oral medications mm-hmm. due to what, you know, some kind yeah. of a gene abnormality. Um, well, would that be, is that a thing when it comes to this or is this only like vitamins and things like that? There are, there are some, uh, potential studies or, or points out there of interest that some women in, in breaking down estradiol, um, may convert more of it to E1 or estrone. Okay. Uh, that is the only estrogen that women continue to produce postmenopausal. Um, mm-hmm. And so is there a potential that if there's higher estrone that you have a slightly higher risk of breast cancer? Mm-hmm. If you're kind of suggesting that estrone is, cor- is correlating with breast cancer because women do have higher risk of breast cancer the older they get in spite uh-huh. of hormones. So, so yes, maybe, um, but but barring a rare exception, I'd say no. Well, awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. All right. I hope this was helpful. Um, just explaining the difference between oral and transdermal estradiol, and and perhaps who could benefit from uh, uh, you know specific therapy depending on what your needs are. Well, where can you find us? You can find us on social media at Optimized Health Chat, uh, both Instagram, Facebook, and the TikTok. And the TikTok. The TikTok. <laughs> Um, you can find us on our website, optimizedhealthnow.com. Uh, you can listen to us on all the major podcast platforms such as Apple Podcast and Spotify. Until next time. Until next time, my friend. You've been listening to another episode of Optimized Health with Josh Porter and Mandy Livingston. For more information and past shows, go to our website, optimizehealthnow.com. Thank you for listening.
Optimize You Chattanooga is a hormone optimization and recovery center that specializes in hormone replacement therapy for both males and females. If you are suffering from mood swings, fatigue, low libido, or weight gain, then your hormone levels might be low. We offer in-house lab panels as well as testosterone, progesterone, estradiol, and peptide therapies. We are currently accepting new patients. Know your levels because normal is not optimal. For more information, check us out at optimizeyouchattanooga.com.